What up, world? Your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms. Coming at you five days a week, every single weekday. So start your days listening to Lockdown Blazers. Tell your friends to do the same. It's your team every day. Today's show is going to be a fun one because the Blazers went into Charlotte and went 105-95 over the Hornets. I want to talk about this game uh, where the Blazers played poorly, played well, played poorly, and played well again in a classic sort of uh, back-and-forth road road game in in an arena where traditionally it has been difficult for them to win. I want to talk about the youth. The Blazers' youth was on full display today in a game that Yusuf Nurkic, Jeremy Grant, and Keon Johnson did not play. Keon Johnson would have been part of that youth movement, but was not available. And then I want to talk about sustainability to close the show. A listener asked me about the Blazers' surprising start. They're now 8-3. and three, About what, uh, you know, what did you look to to prove whether this is sustainable? And I want to just kind of flush that question out to close the show. But first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. The Blazers led this game 30-25 after one. Or excuse me, trailed 30-25 after one. Charlotte made nine of their first 12 two-pointers. They were getting to the rim whenever they wanted. Shot 57% in the first quarter. But the Blazers roared back in the second quarter. Took a five-point lead into the break. Damian Lillard, who went scoreless in the opening frame, scores 14 in the second quarter, says, okay, we're struggling a little bit. Come on and ride my, ride the cape. Grab on because we're going. We are going. Um, he scores 14. 14 in the fourth quarter or in the second quarter they take a lead into the break Charlotte just 7 of 25 in the second quarter after hot shooting first Blazers kind of found something played a little zone defense found something in the second quarter but then they left whatever they found in the locker room Charlotte in the opening 5 minutes of the of the third quarter ripped off a 19 to 2 run to take a 72-60 lead at the 709 mark of the third quarter this looks the Blazers weren't playing very well um the they they started pretty flat to open the game. Started pretty flat, um, just sort of like energy wise, execution wise to to open the third quarter. Both opening halves of both the first and the third were bad with the starters on the court. Charlotte rips off a 17-2 run, leads 72-60, and Chauncey Billups takes a timeout because he needs a timeout because his team's playing poorly. And what do they do? They score 12 straight points out of the timeout. They they tie the game up immediately and they close the quarter on a 26-7 run to take a 7-point lead, 86-79, into the third quarter. So if you are scoring at home, the Blazers were led by 5 entering the quarter, gave up a 19-2 run to begin to immediately in the first 5 minutes of that third, and then somehow extended their their halftime lead to seven to, by two points heading into the fourth. Um, fourth quarter, Hornets hung around but never got close, and the Blazers hold on to win 105-95. That's your fastest recap in the West. Damian Lillard led the way, and he really led the way. 14 in the in the second quarter, 11 more in the third, and hit three threes kind of after the game. It was like, okay, we need to get going, and Damian Lillard got going and hit scored 25 points in those middle two quarters, the best quarters the Blazers played. He finished with 26 points, six boards, and seven assists. He also turned the ball over six times. It's just becoming a thing the Blazers do. They turn the ball over a bunch, and Damian Lillard has career high in turnovers for Dame, uh, turnover percentage. He's turned the ball over more than he ever has. Um, and he, he did it again tonight with six turnovers. Anthony Simons had 19. Drew Eubanks had 14, including 10 in a hot first quarter start. Uh, on the Hornets side, you got 18 from Terry Rozier, 16 from Kelly Oubre, and 13 from Dennis Smith Jr. Mason Plumley also added 16 points and 12 boards. 
But a name we didn't mention yet is the impressive performance of the night. Rookie rookie Shaden Sharp has a career-high 17. You know what that means? He's our impressive performance of the night. Hit it, Shania. That don't impress me much. You already know that Shania Twain's not impressed, and that's fine. Shania Twain doesn't have to be impressed that a 19-year-old went 7 of 10 from the floor and finished with 17 points. Shania Twain doesn't have to be impressed that... Uh, he got to the free throw line is, uh, for, and made his both his free throws on an attempt where he jumped from outside the paint, two feet outside the paint, like he was going to cram on three people and they had no choice but to foul him. It doesn't matter that Shania Twain's not impressed because I am. I, I Frankly, I am. I, I, Shania's hard to please, you know, um, pretty much never impressed with what this team is doing, but she was particularly unimpressed with Shaden Sharp's performance, but he was great in this game. He was great in this game. Uh, Portland needed it. You know, they started both halves poorly, and I want to talk about that a little bit in the second segment, but, like, they needed they needed a night where the rookie was special. Jeremy Grant doesn't play. He's probably Blazers' second-best player. I know I said in the, literally yesterday's episode that I think every time is a second-best player. I don't. Jeremy Grant is, but it's close. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic didn't play, and I felt like his presence was missed just because of, like, the competency he brings to the defensive end. Keon Johnson didn't play, so that's, um, you know, he was out of the rotation last game, but he's, you know, another young guy that, assuming the first two had been out, uh, that, then, you know, maybe you get some Keon minutes in there and he handles the ball a little bit more, but it wasn't that. The Blazers had to go, they went to a young second second uh, lineup. Uh, uh, the second unit was uh, that played a bunch of minutes in both halves was Damian, was, excuse me, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, Nazir Little, Trenton Watford, and Jabari Walker. Like they went super young and Shaden Sharp was just a stabilizing force. They won this game. The Blazers won this game because Dame was so good. Like he... He recognized in both the second quarter and both the third quarter, hey, we're not playing well, and this is slipping away against a bad team. Like, Charlotte's not Charlotte's not good. Um, they, they're 3-9 and nine now after the loss, but they're not good, and they're missing their best player in LaMelo Ball, second best player in Gordon Hayward. Like, they, they're not good. They're, you, this was going to be notable if the Blazers lost. It's not particularly notable that they won, but what you do, the mark of a good team is you take care of business. And Damian Lord made sure that they took care of business. They were struggling a little bit in those quarters, and he was and Dame made sure made sure in the second, okay, I'm gonna go nuts now. In in the third, okay, we're how are we down double digits? I'm going to make sure that we're close. Dame Dame won this game for him, to be clear. Like he 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 was very impressive, as some like to say. But like the impressive performance of the night is the 19-year-old who provided the stabilizing presence. And it was not just Shaden Sharp. I want to talk more about Shaden and more about the youth in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They make it simple because they got tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates that, with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want so you can talk to them faster. So post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. Let's talk about the youth. 
Not only was Shaden Sharp excellent, Jabari Walker played in this game as well. He finished, he played 17 minutes. Shaden Sharp got 28 minutes. Like he was, he was, they needed him to play. And so he played a bunch of minutes and he scored 17. It's positive feedback. He scored a career high. You need him. He was, he played because he's good. I think that's the best part about Shaden Sharp is he plays because he's good, not because they're trying to shoehorn him into minutes. When he hasn't been very good, Chauncey has not played him. That's like, to me, the sign of good coaching is earn your minutes. Um, and, and and certainly he has he has made Shaden Sharp do that, uh, but Jabari Walker got in there and played. A, you know he, you knew he was going to play tonight because it was no uh, no Nurk and no Jeremy Grant and and Walker is ahead of the guys. You know it, it would have just been Greg Brown or John Butler Jr. Jabari is clearly better than both of those gentlemen and deserves to play. And I thought Walker had some moments where he was showed why he's special. He gets in there and mixes it up. He finished with five points and three rebounds. Like, we're not, he's not setting the world on fire, but he does positive stuff. He gets there and, and knows how to rebound. The Blazers played really small because they only had one healthy center on the roster, so they had to gang rebound. They were struggling with that in the first half, gave up 11 offensive rebounds. I thought Jabari Walker did a much better job of that in the third quarter, kind of getting the Blazers where they need to be. He, he like, just... Go in and compete on the glass. You don't have to grab it. You just have to go in and compete on the glass. He does that well. He hit a three-pointer off a, off a pass from Dame. Just spots up, wide open, take in rhythm, cash. Uh, he scored inside. Missed another three at the third quarter buzzer. That would have given him eight on a perfect shooting night. He was just solid. Dude knows how to play. He also had a great great assist. A great assist. He finished with two, two dimes. But um, both of them were nice. But the one that really stands out is baseline out of bounds Shane Sharp's the inbounder he throws it up to Jabari Walker outside of the top of the key like just right of the top of the key he takes a dribble past his man and then fires it right back inside to the guy who just inbounded the ball and Shane Sharp dunks home with two hands the inbounder's always open that's a classic basketball thing and Jabari Walker is a guy with a really high basketball IQ and while Shane Sharp deserves the headlines and was really excellent in this game like deserves all the credit he got um the the Blazers' full sort of complement of youth was on display in this one, and then Walker certainly deserves that credit. The Blazers have not had a draft class this good since 2018. That was the year that they drafted Amphrey Simons and Gary Trent Jr. This feels a lot like that. You you get your future star in the first round. Obviously, Ant was you know at the 24th pick, and it took him a little longer to be even close to as good as as Shaden Sharp is now. But like, it's the difference in the seventh pick in the draft and the 24th pick in the draft. But And then in the second round, uh, you find a guy who can be a contributor, who is an NBA player. And in uh, Gary Trent's case, he was probably a borderline first rounder, and the Blazers got him, had to trade up and get him early in the second round, two future seconds and some cash. Like, they went and got him. Um, shout out to the Kings for trading away that pick. Um, I wonder why bad teams stay bad. Uh, the But Walker fits the mold, right? They found him 57th, way deeper in the draft. Uh, they, you know, they didn't they didn't have to chase up to get him, but they went and got their guy with the second to last pick in the draft, and they, um, and it, they found someone who can contribute as a 20 year old off of out of with you know 57 picks deep in the draft. That's a huge win. At seven, you absolutely have to get that right. It's icing on the cake if you get if you get 57 right as well. And the Blazers having both of these rookies look like contributors speaks to what they're able to be. That is both a team that is pretty good right now. They're eight and three, and they look good. And we'll talk about this more in the thir- in the in the third segment. Like, obviously, long way to go, and all that caveats. Like, it's early November, obviously, but like they look good, uh, and they're finding real minutes for youngsters to play and win. The, the numbers that other folks, um, the, the numbers that you'll be, that you'll gravitate to, I don't want to do straw man. There's no straw man. You're just talking, you're listening to me. Let's not, let's not beat up any straw man. 
The numbers you'll gravitate to on the box score is that Shane Sharp was plus 30 and Jabari Walker was plus 22. And plus 30 in a game that your uh, team wins by 10 is pretty wild. Um, <laughs> that, that means it went pretty poorly um, when you were off the floor. And same for Walker, you know, plus 22 in a game your, your team wins by 10. That's like plus minus is better as, as a relative, right? Um, because the team was plus 10. Uh, so it's it's... Those numbers jump out, right? They jump out. They jump out. You know, I mean, 17 is an easy one to, 17 on 7 of 10 shooting is an easy one to say. He was very good, and you'd be right. He was. Shaden Harp is really good. But I think the plus minus, um, it's it's just a little misleading here. Uh, the Blazers struggled against Charlotte's starters. The Blazers starting group struggled against the, the um, Charlotte starting group. This wasn't a very good Justice Winslow night. I thought Drew Eubanks was really good on offense, but um, it showed some of his limitations on defense, how much uh, Charlotte was able to get to the rim when he was in there. Like, um, he's had better nights. Like, I don't think Drew's like a total zero on that end, but he, this was not a good night for either of those gentlemen who have who have largely been good. The Blazers starters were bad to wit. Um, everyone but Dame and Josh Hart had... Uh, negatives in the plus minus again plus minus doesn't mean everything but I think with Sharp and Walker they were just on the court at the right time but they were also good like I think the plus minus thing kind of oversells how good they were but it undersells how just functional they are you know what they did they came in against a Hornets second unit that stinks the Hornets bench is tough apologies to James Booknight and Nick Richards and Jalen McDaniels and JT Thor but like the Hornets have a bad bench. They're a bad team with bad depth. Um, you know, they're missing some starters. So like some of their depth pieces, uh, you know, Rozier probably would come off the bench in, in, in different times. Um, he might start when, when they're whole, but he's like a six manny type for this team. It has been in the past. Dennis Smith Jr. is a backup point guard. Those things, those guys started. When a team is down some folks, that means their bench is going to be exposed. You know whose bench got exposed for not having good depth? The other teams, because the Blazers' rookies were competent and good. Shaden Sharp, much better. Uh, the Charlotte bench the Charlotte bench scored a combined 22 points, and Shaden Sharp had 17 by himself. He was better. The plus-minus speaks more to m how much the Blazers' starters struggled, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't diminish, um, like, uh, recognizing that, recognizing that Shaden Sharp wasn't on the court when the Blazers gave up a 19-2 run to start the third quarter and that that was, like, a nightmare he wasn't involved in. Um, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily say that Shaden Sharp, like, you know, that it's, mis it's deeply misleading. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. I think sometimes plus-minus is better with context. Um, it's always weird in one-game sample size, but better with context. And the context is... Playing against backups, Shaden Sharp was better than the other team's backups. He's 19 years old. That's what you're looking for. That's what you want. He was really good. Um, and, and Walker was good too. And the Blazers have now find themselves in the space where they can be good in the near term and build for the future. That lineup I mentioned, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, Nazir Little, Trendon Watford, and uh, Jabari Walker. That is a average age of just over 21 and a half. Shout out to Cleaning the Glass for having exact ages on there so I could do the real math. The oldest player on that on that lineup to play, Anthony Simons at 23 and some change, not quite 23 and a half. And in year five. But you're talking you're talking Shaden Sharp, a young a youngster, in a rookie night, a rookie teenager. Uh Trent Watford, happy birthday, celebrated his 22nd birthday today. He was 21 literally yesterday, um, you know, would have been slightly younger, but I would have I would have got the average pretty close. 
a 20 year old rookie in, in Jabari Walker and Nazir Little in year four, not, not yet 23. Five players under 24. And I don't think in the first half that group was super good. I think Jabari Walker was not very, he kind of didn't have his footing in, in this first shift. He was much, 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 much better in the second shift, looked totally competent. Wasn't like bad in his first shift, but he looked, he had some struggles. Like he looked like, oh, yep, he's young, um, which is just like what normally happens with rookies. Um, like to be able to go out and win a game on the road, even against a bad team, but in the NBA to win a game on the road, playing not super significant minutes, but six and a half minutes with five dudes under 24, an average age in a lineup, a, a wing heavy lineup, under 22, speaks to the present, speaks to the future of this franchise. And that's what I want to talk about to close the show. A listener asked me about sustainability during the Blazers' hot start. What's real, what's not? I went hunting for things that I think are maybe outliers. Let's see what I found in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. I want to talk about sustainability. Uh, longtime listener of the program, Dr. J, you'll remember Dr. J from many, many mailbag episodes over the last couple years, asked me a question, wrote me a question. Great place to send questions. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Great email to send me questions. Uh, sometimes I use them for the mailbag. Sometimes I use them for things like this, which is kind of just a, a good way to think about the team. I love hearing from you all. If you have thoughtful, If you have thoughtful considerations about the team, I'll share them here and give you credit because... That's how the show works. I love the community we are building. Dr. J sent me a question that was kind of like the Blazers have, you know, at the time seven and three. Uh, typically, you know, who who on the roster has kind of overachieved more than you thought they would, or who is like who has who has taken steps forward that you wouldn't that you wouldn't um, uh, that has surprised you the most? And I, that's not the question I'm going to answer because I, I think the core of the question is typically when a team outperforms. Your, your preseason expectations, it can be explained away by like, oh, this dude's doing this that's probably outside of his outside of his actual skill set or, oh, this five-game heater or they're shooting really well here or they're, um, you know, these four things. Oh, they've just, they've just crushed teams on the glass, but they've played four teams who have missing their starting center type of thing. It's why when the Blazers had that run at the All-Star break uh, last season, they won four games and Josh Hart shot 55% from three on 21 attempts. And I was like, I don't know if this is real because I don't think Josh Hart's going to shoot 55% from three. So what I did was I went to cleantheglass.com, my preferred stats website. And I tried to find things that particularly in shooting, because I think shooting is the easiest outlier to track, right? Other teams shooting, the Blazers um, have not been getting super lucky with other teams shooting poorly against him. That's uh, what I believe John Hollinger of The Athletic has called Jedi defense, where it's just like, you give up a lot of threes and the other team is shooting 30% on open threes. You're just a little bit lucky and eventually it'll come back to the mean or it won't. You'll be lucky all year. It's fine. But like, you know, typically those types of things average out over small sample sizes. Blazers, you know, defensive effective field goal percentage is right, it's pretty much middle of the road. Uh, there, it's no Jedi, no Jedi tricks there. So the so where I looked for was based on their career averages, their and the recent career averages over the last three seasons, which statistic for the Blazers, particularly shooting statistics, stand out as like something that is well above a career average and isn't sustainable. And let me tell you, there aren't many. There aren't many. Josh Hart shooting a career high from three, on pretty low volume. 
I don't think, um, you know, he might come down a little bit, but the difference in Josh Hart being a 40% three-point shooter and a 37% three-point shooter on his volume is is like is uh, one three-pointer a week, basically. He'll miss, miss another three a week. Hopefully he doesn't miss the one at the buzzer, but uh, one a week. I, I don't think that a guy, you know, he, he didn't shoot as well in New Orleans, but like he has been a guy who's been right around 35, 36. If he drops down to that percentage, um, I don't think that craters the Blazers' offense. But yeah, sure, Josh Hart on low volume is shooting a career high from three. That's something that maybe we will go back to a more sustain. That's something that might be unsustainable. Go back to, you know, towards the meet. Damon Lord is shooting career high from the mid-range, 53% from the mid-range prior to tonight's game. It's well above what he's typically shot from that area. I don't think that that's a meaningful number. Dame doesn't shoot a ton of mid-range jumpers. Um, if Dame was on a wild heater from three and shooting 53% from three, I might say, okay, Dame's probably going to shoot something more like 41% from three, 39 to 41% from three, like he'll come back. But he's kind of right there on his averages. Um, it's not high enough volume, even though like, sure, Dame's going to Dame's gonna end up shooting 44%, not 53% from three take away a point a point two points a night for sure um to, but dame's also like he can really shoot it so i wouldn't be surprised if if, if that continues right uh, again it's uh, say those both regress back to their career means the blazers aren't noticeably appreciably worse if a low volume three-point shooter shoots a little bit worse and their best player um shoots the, a shot he shoots the least the least of his shots like least frequently shoots a little bit worse Nazir Little shooting the best of his career at basically every spot. Dude's turned into a sniper. Some of that might just be what Nazir Little is developing into, but he's shooting a career high from three, shooting a career high, finishing a career best at the rim, shooting a career best from mid-range. Um, yeah, I, Nas doesn't, Nas, like even tonight, Nazir Little with this team is only playing 15 minutes a night. He's playing like 15, 16 minutes a night on average. Uh, if Nas regresses from 45% to even 35%, Again, he, he went one of two from three tonight. So he go so he goes over two from three tonight and makes one of one of one tomorrow. It's you're talking about spreading up three points across across um a, across a couple games a week. You're talking about maybe losing four and a half points over the week over a week from Nas. That would be significant because he doesn't score that much. But again, that's not sinking this team. So really, when I looked for where are the outliers, is are they? Are they just getting lucky on their opponents missing shots? No. Are is anyone, particularly role players, like is Nurk shooting crazy? Is is Ant shooting? Ant's not a role player, but like a secondary guy, he's second to Dame. It's like, is he shooting crazy? Is Damian Lord just on a wild heater because he can get on wild heaters? Like, what about Justice Winslow? What about Trenton Wofford? No one on the team is wildly outside of their production. That's why I think this feels sustainable. This feels real to me. Uh the, the close games, like point differential is a pretty good indicator of a good team. And the Blazers have a point differential of being, I don't know, having a, a loss and a half more than they do. Um, so maybe that'll come back. But if the Blazers were eight, right now, instead of eight and three, you know, if they were seven and four, would you feel like they were significantly worse? I don't think I would. Even at six and five, um, depending on sort of when the losses came, like they'd be in a good spot. Uh if they end up like slightly above 500 on the year, they're probably a playoff team and it doesn't matter. Like, you know, if they win 44 games, they're going to be fine. They kind of profile statistically, according to cleaning glass, they profile as like a 41 win team. Uh, 
they're a top 10 defense, depending, they're right on the cusp, right? They're 10th, uh, depending on, this is as I'm recording this, uh, they're 10th according to Clean the Glass, and some there are some games that are still happening, so they could drop to 11th, but whatever. They're like a borderline top 10 defense. They, they pass the eye test on defense. Do I think they're going to be top 10 all year? I don't know, probably not, but they could be. They could be, and if they drop, I think they're going to drop to like 14 or something. You know, like I think they crater out, like if they really start to struggle a little bit, like 17th on defense or something like that. That would have been heading into the season for me. If you told me the Blazers were going to say 17th, I'd say they're going to be cooking. Like if they're the 17th best defense in the league, they're going to be really good. Offense hasn't quite been there, but I think they can get better. I think they can. Like I think... I think you'll get more from Ant as he continues to find his footing. He struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year. He's starting to look better to wit in this game, 7 of 18, um, and didn't shoot very well from three, but, uh, like, he got to the rim more. He made it. He, he had a great dunk in this one. Like, I think Ant will eventually kind of even out and get get back to a little bit more efficient shooting, although he hasn't has not quite been there yet. I think their offense can get better. I think their defense is just like it passes the eye test. They look more competitive and they have a lot of want to on defense. Um, a lot of defense is skill. Like it's it's a skill thing. We, we we tend to credit it to effort, and I don't think that's real. But like if you play a team that can play Josh Hart and Justice Winslow and Jeremy Grant a whole bunch of minutes, you throw in a Gary Payton in that mix, you get 26 minutes a night from Yusuf Nurkic, who's who's mostly a competent defender and in the right matchup, a very, very good defender. Um you're just like this team is better than I thought they would be and better than I gave them credit for. And after 11 games, I'm willing to say I was wrong. Like I have no problem doing that. And and like this feels sustainable. They're not doing things on either end of the floor that seems totally outside of the character of what we know through 10 games. A little bit will come back just because like point differential indicates that a little bit will come back, but a little bit coming back doesn't mean that they're not like pretty darn good. They're five and one on the road. They've started this road trip three and one. A couple really fun, uh, even the one in Phoenix, improbable victories. But like five and one on the road, they didn't win a, a fifth road game until deep into January last year. Um, they're just the way you win fifty games in the league. So you win thirty games at home, thirty and eleven. And you win 20 on the road. You go 20 and 21 on the road. That is a 50-win team. You can slice it a little bit differently. You can win 25 home games, you know, 25 and 16, and 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 then also get your 25 on the road. But if you're competent, like if you 25 plus at home, and you're winning more than half of your road games, 23, 24, 25, you're a this you're a 50-win team. Again, the Blazers like statistical profile doesn't doesn't look like a 50-win team. But do they look like a good basketball team? Absolutely. Do they look like a team that is playing guys like Shaden Sharp and Jabari Walker and, and Trenton Watford and Nazir Little who can improve and take and like get better than they are right now? Absolutely. You throw that in with the steadying presence of a star like Damian Lillard, the defensive chops of veterans like Justice Winslow, Josh Hart, and Jeremy Grant, and just like the perhaps budding stardom of Anthony Simons, if he really, if, if Ant gets on a hot streak that lasts several games, the Blazers are going to be a wildly, wildly scary offense with the parts they have to go with a competent, if not borderline top 10 defense. This thing is sustainable. They're going to be pretty good all year long. They're going to be pretty good all year long. I'm, you know, I guess legally we're supposed to wait 20 games in, but I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be around here 20 games in. It could be uh, having a major life event, so I'll just call it now, like I see it. 
I think this team's good. I think this is sustainable. And everything we've seen through the first 11 games says this stuff is for real. And they've got young parts that can get better. Right now, they're good. They have a all of the makings of a team that is good now and can be better in the near term and long term. How about that? <laughs> if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you think I was going to be saying that on game 11? Or do you think I was going to be telling you, you know what, they're, they're struggling, but hold on to your joy, y'all. You got to find, find this. Like, I would still bring a smile and bring all my goofy stuff, but I, I, I truly am stunned by how competent they could be, but I also believe very firmly that they're good. They're just solid and good. How fun is that? They play another game tomorrow. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, who it's second night of a back-to-back for both teams. Pelicans were in Chicago tonight. Um, so not a crazy rest disadvantage for the Blazers. Um, pretty pretty lucky to go into someone else's arena where they, um, in this situation where they were also on the road for a back-to-back the night before. Uh very winnable game. Very, 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 very winnable game. Uh, if they don't win, whatever, but like absolutely they can win this. And if they win, if they beat the Pelicans and they win at least four games on a six-game trip, that is trumpets and trombones, second line marching down bourbon. Uh, I prefer Frenchmen, but you know, whatever. Um, it's like, that would be really, really impressive. And guess what? We can talk about it tomorrow. Come back for tomorrow's show. We'll talk about the Pelicans game and everything we've learned from it and some more fun stuff. Tell your friends about this show and make it your first listen every single day. Make it make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. 22-minute program covering all of the major sports leagues, the biggest stories every single night. Get you caught up on everything you need to know in just 22 minutes. Available wherever you get podcasts. Also on YouTube, just like this program. I appreciate you listening. Come back for tomorrow's show. I'll talk to you soon.